When we have a relationship, our sense of survival and sense of self-esteem becomes wrapped up in that relationship. The reason for this is because we, as people, are a relationally dependent species. To understand that, I just want you to think about what would happen if you took a baby and just set them on the ground outside. They would die. Their survival, their needs, are completely dependent upon other people. Even when we grow into our adulthood, when we become more autonomous, when we become better at meeting our needs, we still are dependent on each other. We need each other in order to thrive. In fact, we need each other in order to survive. <laughs> That's still the case for an adult physical human. This means that our sense of survival is closely linked to our attachment system. Obviously, if our self-esteem and our sense of survival is linked to the relationship, we become attached to that person. On top of all of this, we use our relationship to estimate our self-worth. This is why most people, if they get cheated on, feel so terrible about themselves and so subpar as compared to whoever their partner cheats on them with. Our ego is our sense of separate self. It is what is concerned with self-concept and also survival. And the reality is, is that at this current moment in time, your ego is completely wrapped up in your relationships. You don't need to beat yourself up about this. It's actually completely natural at this point in time. The downside, of course, to having your ego be completely wrapped up in your relationships is that anytime there's a problem in the relationship, it becomes a giant threat to what? To our ego. When a problem occurs in a relationship, it's actually a big opportunity for the ego to evolve and to become a conscious ego. It's also a big opportunity for growth and awareness and getting closer to what you really want, and even for developing a much stronger and more feel-good relationship with that person or with someone else. Don't beat yourself up if it doesn't feel like this, though. I mean, the reality is that <laughs> it is so rare that it feels like a great opportunity for growth or a great opportunity for getting closer to somebody when there's a problem that arises in a relationship for anyone. If we saw these problems arising in a relationship as this opportunity, obviously we would have a different attitude towards problems in relationship. We would address problems in relationships in a welcoming way. We would address and face those problems head on. We would deal with them. We would get messy in them, creating resolve with them so as to get to that expanded place. Alas, this is not the reality of how most people deal with relationship problems. So many people, when they feel these relationship problems, <laughs> they feel like those problems are such a threat, such a threat to their ego, a threat to things like needs and a sense of survival and self-esteem that they don't actually address them head on. Instead, they find a way to deny, displace, disown, project, deflect, suppress, and avoid them. And today, I'm going to tell you about just one strategy that people use to do this. They find or designate a bad guy. To illustrate this strategy, I'm going to give you an example. Ye Jun is in a romantic relationship with Brad. Ye Jun comes from another country. In order to be in a relationship with Brad, she had to fly to the country where he lives. Now, because of the way that the law is set up, Ye Jun had to marry Brad quite quickly, otherwise she would have to suffer from a long-distance relationship. The thing is, is that by marrying Brad, Ye Jun didn't know very much about the life that he led in his country. 
not enough to know that she hates a lot of elements of Brad's life. Yejun and Brad are incompatible in many ways, but the two ways that stand out on the top of that list is that Brad has a job where he is on call all the time. And guess who his best friend is? His ex-girlfriend. Brad likes the fact that he is on call all the time. He finds it exciting. Brad also loves the relationship he has with his ex-girlfriend. Yejun does not share those sentiments. In fact, she always feels like she's going to come second to his ex-girlfriend and also second to his job. But Yejun can't really face how incompatible they are because that would put her into a complete pit of shame. She can't face her friends and relatives looking at her saying, I told you so when she moved to another country and married someone so fast. The reality is that if Yeju knew a lot of these things about Brad before she married him, she wouldn't have even considered a relationship in the first place. But on top of the shame that she would inevitably sink into if she were to admit to herself how incompatible they are, she would also have to face the reality that guess what? Having already moved in with him, having already married him, she is already attached to him, which means that her survival system is linked to Brad. Yejun cannot face the self-esteem-crushing idea that she might need to swallow that Brad won't choose her and the life that she wants to have with him over his career and, of course, other relationships. So instead of facing the problem, she decides to hold on to the fantasy of what she wants their life to be like. She decides to hold on to the idea that this fantasy life that she has in her head, that she and Brad may live, the one, of course, that caused her to fly across the ocean, is, in fact, how it should be. Also, and this is the most important point, instead of looking at their incompatibilities and looking at reality, she decides that, do you want to know the only thing that's standing in between me and the life I want to have with Brad? is Brad's ex-girlfriend. Yejun spends hours and days trying to convince Brad that Brad's ex-girlfriend is narcissistic and is using him and that it's a dysfunctional relationship and also that it's hurting her immensely. Now, of course, on top of this whole thing, she also threatens, if you don't distance yourself from your ex-girlfriend, I'm going back to my country, because I don't deserve this. Easy to understand, right? But the problem is, the minute she says that, then what does it do? It triggers all of Brad's attachment issues in the relationship. So all of a sudden, Yejun is threatening his sense of survival and his sense of self-esteem as well. Because Brad also doesn't want to face the shame or that survival threat that happens when our attachment is threatened. In our example, Brad also doesn't want to face the incompatibilities that are inherent in that relationship. Something interesting happens here. Brad starts to notice that when he stops defending his ex-girlfriend, and instead shifts to align with Ye Jun's perspective about his ex-girlfriend, all of a sudden, he feels closer to Ye Jun. There's less of a threat to their relationship. Suddenly, the pressure of the separation and division between them isn't there, and they are instead aligned against a common external enemy. In this way, Brad's ex-girlfriend becomes the scapegoat for the two of them. At this point, Brad and Yejun both become obsessed with the problem of Brad's ex-girlfriend. Now, of course, none of them take any steps to actually remove Brad's ex-girlfriend from their life. Instead, they keep her. Why? 
because they actually need her to make it seem like their relationship works. Yejun and Brad need Brad's ex-girlfriend to be ever-present in order to serve as a thing to deflect their relationship problems onto. They are now finding their closeness through their triangulation against Brad's ex-girlfriend. To understand more about these dynamics, you would benefit by watching two of my videos. The first titled, How to Stop Being a Scapegoat and Stop Being Scapegoated. The second titled, Are You Being Triangulated? A Common Manipulation Technique in Relationships. Brad and Yejun need Brad's ex-girlfriend in order to make their relationship work. Or I should say, they need her to be the bad guy in order to make their relationship work. The reason for this is that if Brad's ex-girlfriend died today or was suddenly out of the picture, if we made it so she never existed, they would have one of two options. The first option is that they would have to face the incompatibilities in their relationship. Without that external enemy, they would be left with the reality of themselves in that relationship where there would be frequent conflicts. Second, they would simply replace Brad's ex-girlfriend with some other person to make an external enemy to repeat this pattern with all over again. Essentially, if they choose that way to go, then they're just finding a replacement so they can continue to stay in their avoidance strategy. It doesn't take a genius to see that their relationship doesn't actually work. So when I say that Brad's ex-girlfriend is making their relationship work, you get what I mean. It's allowing them to stay in a relationship, but we know that that relationship isn't one that really works. Brad's ex-girlfriend being in this position of the false bad guy or the false problem allows Ye Jun to avoid all kinds of insecurities that she has in her life. It allows the both of them also to avoid the reality of incompatibility within the relationship. It also allows them to establish a sense of closeness despite those incompatibilities. Something interesting to know here, though, is that in this scenario that I just gave you, Yejun and Brad both got on board with the same strategy, meaning they both made Brad's ex-girlfriend the bad guy in order to make their relationship work. But this pattern does not necessarily need both people in a relationship to agree to that one bad guy. In fact, it would still work if only one of them had decided this. Even if Brad had not aligned with Yejun's strategy, Yejun could still have decided unilaterally that Brad's ex-girlfriend was the problem. And by doing so, could have still avoided facing the reality that the actual problem is that Brad himself is not compatible to her and will not prioritize her in the way that she wants to be prioritized. And most of all, by unilaterally making Brad's ex-girlfriend the problem, she could have still avoided looking at her own deep, shameful truths. Truths like the fact that Ye Jun feels really bad about herself in general and is highly competitive with anything that takes focus away from her. Truths like she needs to be the number one priority in a relationship and thus loves to find a man with several other priorities so she can put him in a lose-lose situation between her and something else he deeply loves in order to test her value and worth by forcing him to choose between her and that other thing. So many people need to find a bad guy in order to make a relationship that doesn't work feel like it does work. So many people need to fixate on a problem that isn't the real problem to avoid the real problem, which is much more threatening to them. So many people grew up in families where their parents had to make them the bad guy in the family or the scapegoat in the family so as to make their own terrible marriage work. When you are aware of this situation, it's important to understand that this bad guy dynamic, it actually works with anything, not just a person. You could literally make the bad guy any person, any place, anything, any situation, an animal, you name it. You could make anything the bad guy so as to try to make your relationship seem like it works. The common factor 
is that whatever you have put into the role of the bad guy is a deflection. It's an avoidance strategy. To understand even more about this, watch my video titled Deflection, The Coping Mechanism from Hell. Because this strategy comes with so many payoffs and allows you to avoid so many painful things, I'm not in the illusion that me sitting here and just talking to you about this pattern will make it so that those of you who are stuck in it will actually recognize yourself in this pattern. In fact, you're going to be fighting that it's not you. After all, seeing that you have put somebody else in the position of the false bad guy kind of makes you the bad guy, right? So our entire self-concept is going to be set up against that awareness. And, as we all know, self-concept is the enemy of awakening. And therefore, it is the antithesis to awareness. To understand this in depth, watch my video titled Self-Concept, The Enemy of Awakening. Because it's so damn hard for people to recognize themselves in this pattern, I want you to just assume you might be in this pattern. So if you're in a relationship, any relationship, where you feel like you have a solid hold on what the problem is, be it a person, a place, a thing, a situation, anything, I want you to ask the following questions. One, what would be so bad about admitting that there are incompatibilities in the relationship, or that the relationship itself has problems, or even that the relationship doesn't work the way it is? Using our previous example, Yejun and Brad both feel that admitting to this would mean that they would have to admit that their needs will never get met in the relationship, and so they will never get what they want from each other, and this means they're both back to square one in terms of their needs, and back to square one in terms of needing to find a compatible partner, which of course they both believe doesn't exist. On top of the shame of getting divorced and how that looks to their family and to society, especially because Yejun is a psychologist. Two, I want you to imagine that that specific problem, that situation, that person, that thing, either doesn't exist, or that it's exactly as you would want it to be. Does the problem go away completely? Or does it manifest somewhere else? Based off of what you answered there, about whether this problem manifests somewhere else as another problem, what does that tell you that the real issue in the relationship is? Using our previous example, Let's see if Brad, in our situation, imagines his best case scenario, meaning there is no problem, meaning that Ye Jun and his ex-girlfriend are getting along famously. In fact, they're meeting each other for tea even when he's not around. If that happens, does the problem suddenly go away and he absolutely has an amazing relationship with Ye Jun, or is he sitting there, yet again hoping that she'll become less possessive and more independent? Is this problem manifesting somewhere else? Such as, does she now have a problem with any other of his relationships? Or does she now have an issue with his job and wants him to quit so he'll be more available to her? Doing this exercise would tell both Ye Jun and Brad that the real problem in the relationship is not actually the ex-girlfriend. Instead, it's the fact that they have totally different ideas of how they want their relationship to look like and also their lives to look like. What truth about yourself or truth about the other person in the relationship or truth about the relationship itself, are you not admitting to in this moment? How are you making the problem about another situation, or another thing, or another person, rather than about that painful or scary truth about yourself, about the other person, or about the relationship in general? Using our previous example, Yejun is refusing to accept the truth that Brad does not want to prioritize her in the way that she wants to be prioritized. He wants a different type of life. 
Using our previous example, Yejun is refusing to accept the truth about herself that she wants to be priority number one and she doesn't want to have to compete for anything, especially not with an ex-girlfriend. She's also refusing to accept the fact that Brad really likes a totally different type of lifestyle than she does and doesn't actually want to prioritize her in the way that she needs him to prioritize her. Brad is also lying to himself. He's not admitting to the truth that he doesn't actually want to prioritize Yejun in the way that she wants, and also that she has absolutely no interest in having an ex-girlfriend in the picture. She has no interest in having anyone around Brad that conflicts with her needs. Instead, he's running around telling himself that if he can just get his ex-girlfriend and Yejun to get along well, then everything's going to be hunky-dory. Next question, if you knew 100% without a doubt that that external problem that you're facing in your relationship is actually a manifestation of a problem that is internal to the relationship, what might that problem be? Another way of looking at this is, if God or the universe came down to you today in a physical form and told you that what you think the external problem in the relationship is, is not actually the problem. The problem is inside you and inside the other person you're in a relationship with, and therefore it is a problem between and internal to the two of you, what would the actual problem be? Using our previous example, the problem in that relationship of Brad's ex-girlfriend is just an external manifestation of the deep insecurities that are inherent in that relationship relative to importance and relative to prioritization, and also a manifestation of the fact that both Yejun and Brad have totally different desires for the way they want their relationship to look and the way they want their other relationships in their life to look. Last question. What would happen if that problem in your relationship was gone? Meaning it just didn't exist. You wake up and a fairy's gone. What's happened? Now, if your answer was, then the relationship would be fine, I have some news for you. You just fell into a trick question. Because the reality is that if you answered everything would be fine to that last question, it means you're not in reality about relationships in general, you're not in reality about the relationship you're in, and you're especially not in reality about the particular problem you're facing in that relationship. It's at this point that I'm going to hit you with a really hard truth, but it's one you're going to have to swallow if you want relationships to actually work. Every external problem which is happening to a relationship is a reflection or indication of a problem within the relationship. Using our example, Yejun and Brad may perceive that Brad's ex-girlfriend is posing a threat to the relationship. They perceive that this threat is happening to their relationship and is making their relationship less secure. But it is simply a reflection of the problem within the relationship. Specifically, the problem that Yejun has deep insecurities relative to her importance or value or worth relative to Brad's life. What's her place in it? And specifically, that big old problem that the way that Brad wants his life to look and their life to look together is different than the way that Yejun wants their life to look like together. So that you can understand this concept better, I'm going to give you one more example, okay? I want you to imagine that there's a husband and a wife. And that husband is in the army. Now, if the army keeps reassigning him overseas over and over and over again, the wife might decide the problem in our relationship is the army. The army, in this case, might actually become the problem in their relationship. Except for, hold on a minute, it's actually just a false bad guy. 
Why? Because when we look deeply beneath the surface of what this external problem is reflecting inside the relationship, what we find is that this woman is one that really wants a husband to be present and with her and raising her children with him. She doesn't want to just be alone for the rest of her life, raising her kids by herself and they barely know their dad. But uh-oh, if we decide to interview the husband separately from the wife, meaning we take them into two separate rooms to find out what their personal truths are separate from each other, guess what the husband says? That his idea of living hell is a normal life. That he actually doesn't enjoy the process of raising children. That he loves the excitement of being sent off to foreign locations. That he loves that thrill of knowing that he's doing a meaningful job. He abhors the idea of a nine to five, and guess what he also loves? That feeling that he's got a wife at home, that safe little nest, and a woman who's raising his children. What are the real issues that are internal to you, internal to the other person, and internal to the relationship between you both, which are manifesting as this external problem? If a person needs a bad guy in order to make their relationship work, their relationship doesn't actually work. If a person needs a scapegoat in order to feel good about themselves, guess what? They don't really feel good about themselves. So all that's happening when you're designating somebody the bad guy so that your relationship can feel like it works is that you're avoiding the real problem in the relationship completely. Not only does this hurt you and everyone around you, it also makes the real problem completely unresolvable. What this means is that that actual problem in the relationship is going unresolved for days and weeks and years. That's an interesting thing that somebody would choose this. It means that you're actually trying to avoid some kind of intense, short-term pain that you feel like you can't face in exchange for some underlying chronic conflict that you feel like you can handle. But all this means is that you don't see the actual long-term consequences of doing so. Have a good week.